Simple Pen Podcast, Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Simple Pin Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about how much time do you need to invest in your Pinterest marketing. Pinterest marketing is tough, and it takes a long-term mindset and a willingness to really buckle down for the long haul. So the question is, how much time do you need to invest? For today's episode, I brought in Lauren from Create & Go. She had an article about how to get more followers on Pinterest, but we're not going to talk about followers. We're going to talk about a few things that she said in this article about how much time she invested into growing her Pinterest account for her first website. And it wasn't easy. So she gets down into the nitty gritty and shares all about how many hours she spent per day and what her focus was for using Pinterest to not only gain email subscribers, but sell their product. So we'll get to that episode in just a second. But one of the main Pinterest marketing elements we pride ourselves on here at Simple Pin is staying up to date with all things Pinterest. We don't want to share with you something from 2016 or even 2017. We really want to make sure that it's 2019 current best practices. So we share that with you through our weekly weekly. Pinterest newsletter that comes out every Wednesday morning at 5 a.m. Eastern. This has Pinterest articles and tips and helpful resources. It's all there. So it is a beefy email, but the goal is it's broken down into a few parts so that it doesn't overwhelm you. So to join the newsletter and get that every Wednesday, simply go to the website, simplepinmedia.com, and at the top, you'll see a banner, sign up for that newsletter and you'll begin to get the weekly Wednesday email. And the other iTunes, re- the other thing we want to call out is an iTunes review left by Farm D 1983. This is such an awesome review. She says, or he says, this podcast has helped 10x my Pinterest traffic. The episodes are to the point and jam packed with Pinterest gold. Happy 100th episode. My favorite has been how to grow your podcast using Pinterest. This is awesome, awesome. Thank you, Farm D1983. I'm so glad you've 10X'd your Pinterest traffic. I'd love to hear more. So you can email me with those stats. I'd love to hear them. And that you are growing your podcast using Pinterest. Way to go. Alrighty. So on to the episode with Lauren. We're going to dive into how much time do you need to invest in your Pinterest marketing? Hey, Lauren, welcome to the Simple Pin Podcast. Thanks, Kate. I'm so happy to be here. I am so happy to have you here and introduce you to my audience and all that you guys do. So first, tell us a little bit about you and tell our listeners where you are recording from, because I think that's an important part of your story. (laughs) Yeah, of course. So um, yeah, I run a blog called createandgo.com. I run it with my business partner, Alex Nerney. And um, we got our certain blogging about three years ago. We actually started a health and wellness blog first. And um, I'm so passionate about Pinterest because Pinterest was really the reason why why we had all of our success. Um, we we went on to earning six figures with our blog in our first year. And it was uh, it was our first blog. I was an accountant and Alex was a personal trainer before this. So we had zero experience 
But, um, and you know, the first few months we were trying to monetize and we tried many different things. Um, and really the, the turning point for us was actually our Pinterest traffic. Um, because, you know, you can try out so many different methods of trying to monetize uh, your blog or your website, but without traffic, um, when an audience to test out different ideas, you don't really have anything. So our, our Pinterest traffic really just started picking up um, and just like crazy. Uh, and, and that was really the biggest turning point for us for that blog. And uh, about a year later, we started creating Go. And on that website, we teach people how to start blogs and monetize them. But the biggest uh, part of the traffic side of that for us is actually teaching Pinterest marketing as well, because it was such a huge thing for us. And it's a platform that most people don't really know about, or if they do, they don't really understand it. Um, So yeah, it's a big, big passion of ours. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. A lot of people are either scared of Pinterest or they think it's just for the women or they don't know what people are talking about over there. So they tend to just put it off to the side and ignore it. And I'll agree with you. It's a huge traffic driver. So tell me about that first site that you started. Yeah, so it's called Avocado at avocado.com. And uh, we still run it today. We um, And Pinterest actually was a really interesting, you know, not just for making money, but actually it helped us figure out what content our audience was most interested in. It, it taught us so much in those beginning few months because the blog actually started out as, uh, you know, Alex and I were, I think, 25, 26 at the time living in Dallas. And um, we were very young and very interested. In our, we wanted our blog to actually be about um, people about our age who wanted to be healthy, but also have a social life and drink. And so the content started out that way. And when we started um, writing content and putting it on Pinterest, we, uh, we, we realized that, uh, the content that became most popular was actually the content that wasn't quite what we originally thought or planned. You know, we started writing out of like different content in a few different areas just to kind of see what would stick and what wouldn't. And, um, our yoga and our weight loss, uh, stuff got really popular on Pinterest. And we realized that Pinterest, the Pinterest users were actually telling us what they wanted to see. And so, our blog actually turned from this direction of helping out these younger people kind of like us to actually teaching middle-aged women how to lose weight. And based on the content that was popular on Pinterest, that's how we learned what our users, what our readers, what kind of problems they were facing. And we structured our products around that as well. So it really changed the whole direction of our business. So, okay, I have so many questions to dig into this, <laughs> but I, I'll say this because um, I know somebody's going to ask me when you started using it and you started seeing these cues of what people were interested in, what type of content, where did you get that information from? Like, was it Pinterest analytics, Google analytics? Where did you go to see like, oh, this is the trends? Yeah, absolutely. At that time, we didn't even use Google Analytics. That was a bit too over our heads. We were honestly still using Jetpack back on our blog. Um, So yeah, it was really, we didn't, Pinterest Analytics has changed a lot over the last few years too. So the Pinterest Analytics weren't even super helpful back then. So we really just used our Jetpacks, our Jetpack that was back in our blog and just looked at we, I was, I paid, I also used Tailwind Analytics. So I paid very close attention on Tailwind to what pins were getting those repins when that was happening. And I also looked at our Jetpack traffic, our website traffic to see how that correlated and, and what articles uh, were going viral. And I paid a lot of attention to what articles were going viral each week and how that translated into traffic and stuff like that. And that's kind of how 
I determined what articles were doing the best, but not only that, but what pin images were doing the best as well. Mm. And did you, how often did you post content? So at the beginning, we posted very often. We post, and there's two of us, so that definitely helped. I know the average one-man team can't pump out content that quickly, but we we posted probably two to three times a week, and that was at the the very beginning. We're just getting started on Pinterest because we could tell that the more content we produce, the more traffic we're getting to our blog. So there was a period of time there where we were up to three blog posts a week, and. They weren't they weren't super long, I will say. They were maybe on the side of 700 to 1,000 words rather than now we air more towards the side of 2,000 word articles that are a little bit longer. And now we only post about once a week. But uh, that was just something that we tested for a while. And, and honestly, over the last three years or so since that health and wellness blog has been uh, has been alive, we've, we've, it's varied quite a bit. It ranges from one to three. We've even gone as little as one a month at times when we were working on other projects. Oh, that's good for people to hear because I feel like so many people in the industry feel like they have to pump out content at this ferocious pace forever. And I like that you said, you know, now sometimes it's even once a month. So I, I feel like listeners will be encouraged by that so that they don't have to keep up with the grind. Yeah. And honestly, when we've created, when we've gone on projects and created new courses, we have gone three months, almost four months without even posting one single article. So it's not something to freak out over for sure. I do generally recommend people to, to when they first get started on Pinterest, I do think it's helpful to try to pump out a little bit more content because I do think it really kind of helps you get going. But you can definitely push that back down as you're Um, as you're growing. Yeah, I agree with that too. There's definitely these things you have to do in the beginning, probably like the first year that you don't necessarily have to do in year three or year four, because you have so much backlog of content filled up that I'm, I'm assuming for you, there's times where you can go back and even just change up an image. And it seems now like new content, but you don't have to completely write the post again. Yes, absolutely. We we do that. I've gone through and done it all myself before because I actually really, really enjoy the creating the pins. Uh, and I, I, I think I have kind of a skill for it. But um, as my business has grown recently, I've actually just hired that out uh, just on Fiverr. It's, you know, people, the, the price is very, very low um, to do that. So yeah, I definitely recommend to do that too. As you build up more content, just focus on creating more images for your existing content and updating your content too, right? It's always good for the search algorithms to keep your content updated. So just adding a little bit more and creating a new image can definitely spruce up your old content. Okay. All right. So I want to shift a little bit to an article that you wrote um, on Create and Go. And the title is How to Get More Followers on Pinterest, which, as you know, is such a big question that people ask when it surrounds Pinterest marketing, especially if they're new and they've come from a platform like Instagram, where it's very follower dependent. And there's a few things um, that caught me in this article. One specifically, which you don't see in a lot of articles that talk about followers, is you said you must spend a lot of time on Pinterest if you wish to succeed with it. So what I love to hear from you is, one, when did you originally post the article? And then um, two... And we'll dive into some of the strategies, but one of the things I'd love to know is, do you feel like some of the same things will still work today in 2019? Yeah, absolutely. I posted that article back or originally wrote it. It was originally published in September of 2016, and it has been updated. And we do go over our content fairly regularly to make sure everything's updated. And honestly, I don't think that 
much in there is is really very different. I will say when I when I wrote that, followers were much easier to come by, but at the same time, they're not as nearly as important now as they used to be. Um, I mean, I, I ne- they never had a huge importance on Pinterest, especially not cons- not like uh, Instagram or, or other platforms. But they're not as important now as they used to be. I, I think right now, I think content is the most important thing, no matter what, is writing the best content and marketing the best content. Um, so yeah, I still I still believe in, in everything I say. Everything that I said in there, I think that the best thing that you can do is, is spend is spend a lot of time learning the platform um, because no matter what, you can take courses and use software and, and things that are kind of like hacks to to beat the algorithms, right? And to get more followers, to get more engagement, all these platforms. But I, I think on any platform ever, the best thing that you can ever do is just to actually spend time with the platform and to learn what really makes it tick, learn what content does the best and why it does the best. I don't think that there are, are hacks that, that really um, will end up getting you, you know, uh, even if you can hack followers, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if they're not engaged with your content, right? And they're not actually in love with your content. Right. Yes, completely. I'm so glad you said that because I get that question too all the time. Like, what's the hack for followers? I'm like, well, you know, they're not really super important. I mean, they are important, but they're not in the grand scheme of things. And so for you to spend a lot of time and effort on that might be... N- it might not be the direction you want to go. And um, so for this one today, we, you know, we, we grabbed this article here about how to grow more followers on Pinterest. But what I really want to hone in on is the time. And one of the quotes that you have in this post is, you said, we only grew this fast because we made Pinterest our top priority. It's our livelihood. It makes us all of our money. Getting awesome at it was the number one most important thing in our blogging journey. And you followed it up by saying, we structure our blog content and strategies around what works well on Pinterest. And you would be wise to do the same if Pinterest is the name of the game for you as well. And when I read this quote, I the first thing I thought of was, okay, If I had you in the room, which obviously we're talking now, my question would have been like, what? I want to hear more about what that time commitment looked like for you then. Because obviously it's different now. But really trying to be in the grind and getting it up and running. How much time did you spend really investing in... Um, I guess all the Pinterest aspects, you know, the the creating of the pins, the scheduling. If you were to tell somebody that was back at your position, you were then, what amount of time would you tell them to spend on it? Yeah, definitely. So I did spend a lot of time on Pinterest. Um, and I was, again, fortunate to have a business partner because Alex, at, back, at, back then, Alex wrote most of her content and my job was kind of just to just to hone in on Pinterest because we were at this stage where we had tried to monetize once we created a product. We didn't really have an audience. We didn't know what we were doing. It failed. And then we, we, we heard about Pinterest through digital marketer. Actually, they had, they had a, a, a video on it way back when. And so we gave it a go. And then we kind of focused everything in on content. And it's one of the things that we try to convince our bloggers to focus on. I know it's hard because everybody wants to think about money and making money, but honestly, content and traffic and you know your content marketing is so much more important than anything because without that, you're never going to be able to sell a product or monetize anyway. Um, and so we kind of let everything else go for a while. We decided to make Pinterest our number one priority, um, and along with that, of course, content. So he was kind of in charge of the content side of it, and and I was on Pinterest. And so I just remember coming home from my accounting job, and I would just get on Pinterest and. 
I would look and I would pay attention to what was in my feed. I would, um, I would create new pins. I would create two or three different pins. I actually, I paid a lot of attention to our analytics. So again, I, I said earlier, I paid a lot of attention to Tailwind analytics uh, in our traffic. So every day I would hop on Tailwind and I would look at the previous day's uh, stats. You know, And so I, I think a lot of people kind of get in the habit of looking at it on a monthly basis or a weekly basis. But back then when I was trying to figure out exactly what worked on Pinterest, I was looking at it, at those stats every single day to see you know, what I had pinned the day before and you know, did, did any of it get any traction at all? How many repins did it get? Um, that sort of stuff. So I was just, I was very, uh, aware of, of what was going on with the platform all the time. And I also tested stuff out pretty frequently. I would test out, you know, pinning 10 times a day and then I'd test out pinning 50 times a day. I've, I've, I've done it all. And I always looked at the analytics. Um, I would do it for, you know, a week or two at least, uh, to see where that got me. I tried out a couple of different softwares, uh, you know, to schedule pins, and I would just pay very, very close attention. Um, and I know it's one of those things that people don't really like to do. You know, they like to get on board and just get automated. You know, I'm just going to write content. I'm going to make pins. I'm going to pin them, and then I'm going to wait for the traffic to come in. Um, and it it just doesn't really work that way. And you know, obviously the algorithms they they do get a little bit harder over time to to get traffic. You know, as they as they grow. But, but even back then I, I spent a lot, I, I won't say that it was easy. I spent a lot, a lot of time on Pinterest. Um, and I, I think, I think I would, I would tell anybody that if, if your business is important to you and you think that Pinterest is going to be a good platform for it, like you need to invest the time in it, even if that means, you know, an, an hour to a day of, you know, looking at your analytics. Um, some of that is, is outreach, you know, trying to, uh, to use tools like group boards or tailwind tribes to try to network with other people. Um, I just think it's, uh, it's really, really important. And it, I do believe that it's worth spending an hour to a day on it. Um, if you can help it and, and, and you just have to prioritize, right? Uh, because as a one man team, you do have to do a lot of things, but I think that, I think that the content and, and the traffic are just so, so, so important that I think it's important to make it a top priority. So you said um, a couple of things that I love. One is you said you tried to sell a product in the beginning, but you didn't really have an audience and that content marketing really changed that for you and was really a big focus. And I see this a lot too. I even saw an ad the other day on Facebook or something where it said, create your course without having a list. And I thought, how do you sell to people you don't haven't curated a relationship with? And for you guys, you've definitely demonstrated that, that you tried out of the gate and nothing happened. And then as a result of this investment and getting the Pinterest traffic, I'm imagining your products that you then created started to sell. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was actually a different health and fitness blog and we ended up scrapping that whole thing. And we had, we had just gotten started on Pinterest and we had a little bit of traffic from Pinterest, but not a whole lot. And we had, that was the problem is we really hadn't built an email list yet. I think we might've had a few subscribers and we created a product that we thought was just awesome. And uh, we we launched it and let it sit on on our blog for a while too, and um, and we were getting some traffic and we made one sale and it was absolutely devastating. And the the funny part is, so the second time around, we we scratched that blog, we started over, and um, we started writing content and we kind of took it in a different direction. And this time around, we said we're not going to create a product until we know what to create and we know what our audience wants and. 
So during all this time of getting this this traffic from Pinterest before we started monetizing, we use that to grow our email list. So I 100% agree with you that I would never tell anyone to create a product without an email list first. Even if you believe really hard in what you're creating, it doesn't always mean that it's going to be well received by other people. Um, and so we built that list first. And the funny thing is, we the the product that failed was the same product that we eventually launched on avocado and it's the product that we still sell today um but yes but all we did it was a diet it's a diet program a weight loss program and all we did was repackage it because we now after building that list and getting that traffic we um this is one of the things that we teach in our blogging courses um that is just one of my favorite things ever that i to teach my students is that um we recommend like in your first, very first welcome email, when your when your clients or your, your readers, your subscribers are just getting to know you at the end of your email, just saying like, Hey, you know, what, what's the, what's your number one struggle with X, Y, or Z for us, that was weight loss. So it was like, what's the number one thing that you're struggling with when it comes to losing weight? And the responses we got back were not just like, Oh, I'm unmotivated or I can't go to the gym. It was, it was actually, Hey, I'm 45 years old and I've been, I've tried five different diets. I'm a full-time mom. Like it was all this, all this information. And so we were able to find out exactly who our average reader was, what they were interested in. Um, and, and that was how we kind of repackaged that old weight loss program and just marketed, marketed it at this new target customer rather than the old target customer that we thought was going to be interested in our content. Um, and so, yeah, that we owe all of that to the success of our new products. Um, and, and that traffic was, you know, getting the traffic on our blog and, and through our email list was, was the defining factor mm-hmm. there. I love that story. So you're spending about two hours, Monday, two hours a day on Pinterest. How long, how many months would you say you had to spend that time before you really started to see it progress? Like you felt like your efforts were paying off? Well, for I, I will say, I mean, it took us probably four months, four or five months of, of kind of from brand new starting Pinterest to actually having that translate into money. But, but for a while there, I mean, it really only took us maybe a couple months to start getting the traffic kind of going. Like it, it, once it gets consistent, um, you know, it, it slowly just started growing. And, and again, I paid close attention to kind of what was working, what wasn't. So certain articles would do better than others, or certain pin images would. So I began to change the pin images for old stuff, um, to stuff that I knew was working. Um, and, and so I didn't spend, I didn't spend that, you know, more, I didn't spend probably more than the first month or two at an hour to a day. I, you know, once you begin to kind of understand it a little bit more, you can take a little bit of a step back. So for me at the beginning, I felt it important to check my traffic stats every single day, to check my tailwind analytics every single day to, um, you know, to see how it was doing. But then on, you know, on a weekly basis, I began to, or a daily basis, I began to kind of understand how it was working and there, there was some consistency there. So then I could kind of drop back to, um, you know, to then I would look over the weekly stats. I would still see how that would fluctuate um, from Monday to Sunday because we learned that there were definitely average times that were must, m- much better for us to pin, that we would get more traffic. So I still paid attention to that, but I stopped checking on a daily basis and I moved to like a weekly. So I, I think that it's just about when you begin to find that consistency and you're able to look at enough, a few weeks of data to be able to see 
what time your content is doing best, what kind of pins are performing best, what kind of articles are doing best. And then you can begin to kind of work uh, smarter, not harder, right? And, and create, change your content towards that direction of what's working a little bit better and what's not. Um, and, and that may look different for everybody. You know, it, it might take a little bit longer. We were fortunate to be in the health and fitness niche, which, um, you know, weight loss is one of the top uh, search topics in the world. So there is more traffic to be had there. Um, but that being said, our product prices are far lower in that niche as well. So uh, you don't, I, I always tell my followers that, or uh, my students that you don't, it's not about, it's not about your traffic numbers. Everyone obsesses over the numbers. I think it's more about consistency and being able to see steady growth than anything else. It's not, you shouldn't obsess over your numbers compared to anyone else. It's more of just like, how is your content doing on a daily and a weekly basis, monthly basis? And, and is it growing? Yeah, you know? agreed. Because it, what we find is that each account has its own culture and it has its own way that it's going to grow and it has its own keywords. So for someone else to compare their account to your account, how much it grows doesn't really make sense. And it would really drive them crazy. So I think that is probably the number one thing uh, to not do. But what are some other things that you would tell people in the beginning, like, don't spend your time stressing over this? Yeah. Um, I mean, funny enough that we're talking about the title of this article, because I, I would say, just just forget about followers. Um, and I only wrote this article because of because it was a question that I was asked all the time, too, of people obsessing over followers and, and even traffic. You know, it's those num- people obsessed about numbers. Um, so I would just say you know, like to kind of forget about followers because your follower growth, um, it's not always going to be the same as your traffic growth. And um, really traffic is what matters, not not followers. But uh, things like following for following, people are always looking for hacks to increase followers, um, you know, hacks for growth. I don't think that any hacks Agreed. exist. I can't find um, any. It, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... Yeah, it's like like we have like um, what we call like our, our ninja strategies. And these are things that we've found that... Um, are kind of, I wouldn't call them hacks. They're more of just uh, things that we found out about, you know, certain types of content and things like that, that actually do perform way better than others. Um, But I wouldn't call that a hack. I would just call that paying attention to the platform and paying attention to what kind of content is working. Um, And so I I don't know, I think, I think the best thing that anyone can do is just to trust in the process. Um, You know, there's obviously a lot of people who are, are having a lot of success on Pinterest. So like, if you're not having success, then you're probably doing something wrong or, or maybe you're just not quite paying attention to the right things. Um, but I think that the best thing that you can do is to create the best content that you can and work on promoting that, the, that content the best you can. But you also have to pay attention to all the statistics and analytics that you're given um, through Google, through Pinterest, and through Tailwind, you know, tools like that uh, to see how that content is performing you know, um, test out different images, test out different headlines, test out uh, different email opt-ins in your content, you know, all that stuff really, really matters. Um, and, and I think that if you're, if you're focused on your content, that's really the best, that's really all that you can do. And, and with both of our businesses, they're very different because the health and wellness one is subject to get a lot more traffic. Um, in create and go, we get far, far, far less traffic. Um, but we have a much more dedicated audience, I think, just because of our writing style on that blog. Um, you know, we have a, uh, a much different kind of community on, on that blog. Um, and I just think it's our writing style. So, uh, yeah, I just think paying really close attention to, to all that stuff and not, not just kind of 
looking for some way to just set and forget, you know, uh, you're never going to be able to completely automate it. Yeah, we see a lot of people who come to us, you know, asking for, you know, what's the quickest way to automate it, or maybe they've tried automation in the past, and that's gone badly for some people. And they are like, how do I just kind of get out of spending so much time on it? So I think maybe there's two questions for you is with your students in your community and the people that you're talking to, have you found that there comes this point where people are just spending so much time and albeit it might be the wrong, you know, place that they're spending their time. But what would you tell someone who's like, man, I've tried everything and it's just not working? Um, yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> I do think that uh, those people are out there. And, um, you know, I, I know I've had, I've come across people in, um, in our, in my support group and, you know, that they, I, you know, they, they, they will say things like you just said, you know, I've tried everything. I've tried this and that. Um, and I, you know, sometimes I ask question, it's like, well, have you tried this? You know, have you, are you signed up for tailwind or, um, you know, are you, are you, have you tried tailwind tribes yet? Um, for us, tailwind tribes is, we recommend that a lot because uh, our audience is brand new bloggers. Um, so they don't have a whole lot of content. They don't have any followers. They don't have an existing following to kind of get their Pinterest account started. Um, so I think tools like Tailwind Tribes are really great for um, for kind of sharing your your content across Pinterest and getting that exposure a little bit easier. Um, you know, but but I, I would find that some of our students would say, "Well, no, I, I haven't I haven't done that yet because it's like, well, we didn't try everything." Um, so you know, I, I'm not trying to say that somebody out there hasn't actually tried everything, but um, you know, and take a look at, at your take a look at your type at your content. Compare that to other people's content. If you have similar content to other people on Pinterest, and other people are having a lot of success, to me, um, you know, you, your content's not. You must have great content. So, like, what what are you not utilizing? Are you not utilizing all the different tools out there to help you? to help you drive your traffic, you know, all this scheduling. Have you, have you tested out different stuff? Like every, my students will ask me, they, they want me to tell them exactly how many times to pin every single day. And I, I can't, and I try, I try, try to tell them I can't do that. It, it, it will be different for every single person, depending on how many followers you have, how much content you have. Um, and, and what I, tr- the biggest thing I try to tell them is that the reason I had so much success is because I, I did try everything. I was constantly testing out new strategies and, um, and checking to see how my content was performing accordingly. So the biggest thing I tell them is just to keep trying stuff, like learn, learn from people who are experts or who had the experience, but take that with a grain of salt, you know, try what they're trying. But then if that's not working for you, try something completely different. You know, I could tell you to never pin 70 times a day, but if you start doing that and it's working, then good for you, you know? (laughs) Yes, totally. And I think that gets back to what we talked about earlier, of people just kind of wanting the quick hack or the quick fix. But like you said in the beginning, you were spending one to two hours a day digging in, figuring out what people wanted. And what I find interesting too is that people have, for some reason, and you definitely tell me if you don't see this, because this is just my assumption based on my experience. But I see a lot of people spend so much time on Instagram and figuring out hashtags and figuring out all these different things for a like. And they get over to Pinterest and they're frustrated with not getting enough quote unquote traffic. But like one is monetized, like they are getting probably way more traffic on Pinterest than they are 
from Instagram. Do you, do you see what um, maybe I feel like I'm not explaining that well, but I, no, I totally not, understand. Yeah, there's not a good Pinterest just gets a bad rap. Like people get really frustrated with it, but they'll spend more of their efforts on an area that's not monetizable. And so it's trying to draw them back into that space to say, you got to put in the effort when it comes to Pinterest, you have to put in the time. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And we don't teach any strategies on Instagram for that reason is because we and we still believe it three years later, we still believe that it's not it's not the place for bloggers. I think Instagram is great for building your personal brand. Uh, you know, I travel all the time. So I have a lot of my students follow me on Instagram. And I'm sure that they probably like, you know, having that personal connection of like seeing my uh, the background of my personal life, my, my life off of blogging in the computer, because I'm always posting about traveling. I think it's really great. It's great for e-commerce. I think it's really great for building that, that personal connection. But if your goal is to drive traffic to a blog post, get an email subscriber, you know, and, um, and sell through an email funnel, which is the way a lot of people sell their products these days, their digital products, um, then Instagram is not going to be that place for you. Uh, and I, but I think that, I don't know, there's something, I'm sure there's something on a personal level that draws people in as far as like getting that immediate feedback of those likes and comments on Instagram. And I, I think that Pinterest is just, it's so different. I think that people think that it can be easier automated because it's one of those things where it's like it's not your face behind it and they just think that like once you get the hang of just pumping out content and pumping out images you know you can just do the same exact thing every day to promote it the same and it will forever be that way um and that's not that's not the case like pinterest is a search engine and there is an algorithm behind it and that algorithm is constantly changing and um you you can't just there's no social platform social or search platform out there that you can just set and forget, you know what I mean? Like there just isn't. And um, so, yeah, I think that people just have kind of a different mindset about it. And they're just like, oh yeah, it's just this, this easy passive traffic platform, you know, and it, it's, it's not, it's so much more than that. And um, we always used to say how, we, how, when we were first growing our blog that, you know, thank goodness that all the marketers give up on it because it's making it a hell of a lot easier for the rest of us to just rake in all this traffic, you know? Totally. Um, oh, there's so much yeah. traffic to be had and uh, they just don't really get it. And uh, yeah, it's something that we try to impress upon all of our, of our bloggers and, you know, they still, a lot of them still go after, uh, go after Instagram. And yeah, I just, I, I totally agree with you there too. Um, you know, it's just, it's such an untapped platform because people just, they just don't understand it. Um, and, you know, if you were to actually spend a few months with it, you'll realize just how much it does change. And, uh, you know. Yeah. And I, I'm wondering if for you in the beginning, before you really saw the power of Pinterest, was it hard for you to have tunnel vision with just focusing on Pinterest? Like, did you find that you were distracted by Instagram or I mean, I don't feel like anybody's distracted anymore with Facebook, but did you have a hard time not, I guess, swerving, if you will? Or did, were you like head down, Pinterest is my thing? Yeah, honestly, we didn't have a whole lot of trouble with it. We had already created, you know, done like everybody does and create your Facebook account once you create your blog. And then you post a few things and quickly realize that it you sucks. are absolutely <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no organic traffic from Facebook, you know, and this was three years ago, but um yeah. And, you know, at the time that Alex and I started to, we didn't actually quite identify ourselves as bloggers. And I think that that was actually a lot of the trouble that we have that we had in trying to monetize and really identify with 
who we were and what we were doing. Um, cause we took all kinds of courses on webinars and launches and, and all this sort of stuff, but we didn't ever take any blogging courses and we didn't really, we didn't really search for articles for bloggers cause that we just didn't, we just thought we were, you know, starting a health and uh, wellness website. And, um, and, and it wasn't until we actually kind of got more in the Pinterest world and kind of realized that we, oh, we're bloggers, you know, that we really started, um, discovering all these different Pinterest articles and that sort of stuff. Um, but that that talk that we listened to by digital marketer, um, we used to pay for their, uh, their service, their, their monthly subscription service. And so they would, I forget what they call it, that their dashboard back there, but they have special videos that they only, it's their paid content. And yeah, and, and they did, um, they did a talk about it and they were running two or three niche sites at the time. Um, one of them was like a men's survival blog and one of them was like a DIY craft blog. And, and they took both of these blogs and they, they were telling you about their success they had on Pinterest with them. And I mean, you look at those niches, those are completely different, uh, especially, especially for, for all the people that think that Pinterest is only for women uh, and not for men. I, I mean, they had the survival blog uh, that was very male friendly um, and then a DIY blog that was very female friendly. And they talked about how they compared it to Facebook and they compared it to Google. And um, I remember the girl that was doing the talk, uh, she called it a dumb Google. And uh, that to me was just fascinating because it, it works so much. It, it, it is very similar to Google because it's a search engine, but it's so much easier to get to the top of search for Pinterest than it is for Google. And um, so, yeah, so they, they basically outlined kind of these differences between why Pinterest was different. And it just made a lot of sense. And, you know, as beginner bloggers, we had created the Instagram account, we had posted a few times on there, we had created the Facebook account, you know, tried that. And uh, at the time, we, we were working full time jobs, we didn't have the money, we were investing some money in some courses, but we didn't have time to, or I'm sorry, we didn't have money to run ads. Um, and so we kind of started a little bit on Pinterest. And we, you know, we gave it a couple weeks. And we, we saw we saw immediate return on Pinterest, uh, at least immediate, not necessarily in traffic, but we saw, um, you know, just, I guess, an immediate return on that investment of time. Um, whereas, you know, Instagram, it's like, you can try to follow for follow, you can try to hashtag and, but, uh, it, you know, yeah, we just, we saw results quicker on Pinterest. And so that was all it really took for us to know that this was a place that we need to spend more time. So, I guess if people aren't sure, then it's like, go ahead and try Instagram, go ahead and try Facebook. Like if they're really giving you a lot more return than Pinterest is, then you know what, maybe that's more your thing. But uh, I, I don't ever see that really happen for people who are actually, you know, putting in the work on Pinterest. I, I don't think that that really happens. Yeah, no, I would agree. In all the clients that we track, I will say that there are probably less than five who, uh, you know, they have a pretty strong Instagram presence, but Pinterest outranks their traffic. It like blows it out of the water. And it's really what we see commonly is Google and Pinterest are number one, number two. I mean, it's like down the list all across all niches. You know, we have people come to us and say, I've been investing in Instagram. But if I look at my analytics, I'm getting all this traffic from Pinterest and I'm not even doing anything. What can happen if I actually did something, if I started to create this content? So I think your story is so encouraging, especially as you said, like the return on investment, where you're going to spend your time, but not just doing the set and forget it or buying the programs that help make it a quick hack, but like really looking in to see what's the type of content 
that people are looking for and what do they need me to deliver up for them? And that's such a cool part of how you guys built your business. Um, Is there any last piece of advice you would share with somebody about how to guard their time on Pinterest? Like how not to go overboard, I guess, if that's even possible? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, I think I think um kind of and kind of tying this back into what you were just talking about. I think you need to think about what your goals are and uh, with your business like Instagram if you want to be Insta famous, um then that's great. Instagram's your platform. But guess what? Most people who are Insta famous don't make any money at all. So if if you're trying to if you're trying to run a business and make money, like look at look at how you think that you're going to do that. Because if it's through content and email marketing, um, you need to get off Instagram right now. Like just forget about it. Um, and in fact, what Alex and I did is we actually ran. We still believe that um, that the social proof on Instagram and Facebook, like that, matters, right? When someone is thinking about buying your product and they go to your Facebook page and you have two likes. Well, they're not going to go check out. They're not going to go check out your hundred thousand followers on Pinterest. They're going to go over to Facebook and look at look at your company. Um, so those things are important. But what Alex and I did kind of later on is we later on ran uh, face like we spent very little to run Facebook like campaigns just literally to get the likes up on our page just for social proof. Uh, it doesn't translate into traffic, but you know so. The social proof and stuff matters, like, but just don't worry about that for now. I would say that if those platforms aren't serve, let go of all the platforms that aren't serving you. Uh, the one thing that we say, like, the best advice that we give in our blogging courses and in our articles is is to choose one source of traffic and and just master it. So all the other time that you're spending thinking about your Instagram account, um, especially if that's not just your business, but if you're also doing it just to get those likes and make yourself feel good, just let it, let it go. Let Facebook go, let Instagram go, let everything go except for, um, except for Pinterest. And, um, and, you know, even Google, like we, we know the importance of Google, but we didn't pay any attention to it for the first couple of years, other than using Yoast SEO to just kind of make sure that, you know, we had a few, we had the, like the green light in SEO just to make sure that we had, we had a keyword in there. You know, we, we had mentioned a few times, it was very passive, but what we actually found from our Pinterest traffic is that, uh, the more Pinterest we got over that first couple of years, the more Google traffic naturally just began to grow. Um, and, and that's because, you know, Google can recognize that, oh, this website is getting all this traffic from Pinterest. It must be, you know, this article must be important. Um, and so Google traffic and other stuff will come with time, but, um, I just, I think the best thing that, that you can do is just to take a look at your business model, how, how you want to sell products or how you want to monetize, um, and the best way to get there, because a lot of Instagram followers are for most bloggers are not going to translate into money whatsoever. They're not like the, the best thing about Pinterest is the fact that someone is looking at your image and they click through and they immediately are landed on your blog page. Um, you know, and it doesn't work like that on other platforms. It's very hard to get people off of other platforms. So it's just, it's really designed for bloggers and, um, you know, make sure that Pinterest fits in with, with what you're doing in your business. Um, and just let, let everything, let everything go. And like, don't, don't give up on it, you know, take courses or talk to people, um, you know, join other communities to make sure that, that you are not, not overseeing, overlooking something important, you know, um, and to definitely focus on your content and to use, uh, use, 
use platform, um, sorry, use software like Tailwind. I, I can't say enough about yeah, Tailwind. Yeah, I, I just, agree. I, <laughs> I've used them for three years now. And, uh, and yeah, I like, I, I've, you know, I, I know you and I both have, have met their team and um, they're awesome people and they're so invested in their client success. So um, to definitely make sure that you're using software like that to uh, have all the information at your disposal when you're looking at kind of what's working and, and whatnot and what's not. And, and I guess back to what I said earlier, if you're not one of those people who maybe you need to go back, dial it back to checking your, your traffic stats every single day and checking your tailwind analytics every single day. Because if you're one to if you kind of started out just checking it every now and then, like maybe you need to dive a lot deeper into the analytics and see what's working. Yeah, it'll tell you a huge story about what people want more of. I know we do that a lot to even inform what we're going to talk about here on the podcast is looking at those top posts from Pinterest and really monetizing those, um, optimizing them for email. And the one there's one that keeps bringing us traffic for like three years. And it's like, instead of wanting everything else to go crazy. Why don't I just look at this and continue to create more content that's similar to it because people love it. So I love all the advice that you have shared. It's been super helpful. Where can people go to find all your awesome content and all the blogs that you guys have? <laughs> yeah. Um, so our health and wellness blog can be found at avocado.com, like avocado, but with the U at the end, .com. Um, and where we talk about blogging and Pinterest traffic, that's our blog, createandgo.com. Um, we also have a YouTube channel with uh, with that blog as well. So you can search create and go on YouTube. And um, those are definitely the best, best places to find us. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Lauren. I really appreciate it. If you guys want any of those links or any of the show notes, go to simplepinmedia.com slash 155. That's where the episode will be. And we'll link to the original article that I read of Lauren's and you guys can look into the quotes and all of that that really stood out to me. But I thank you so much for sharing your story and the time that you've spent on Pinterest. And I know it'll be an encouragement to so many people. Thanks so much, Kate. It was, um, it's, I love to talk about it. So this was really fun for me. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm.